At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It is our number three of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. First things first, big thanks to Josh Ricker along with Anthony DeBundo joining me in the last three segments to be able to dive in on the World Cup. We've now got. A lot of preparation. I myself am someone that is not too familiar with betting international soccer. So that was a very good dissertation on a little bit of everything. Some nice picks, a nice way to be able to break things down. So that was a lot of fun as it's going to be World Cup time. It's going to be a lot of fun having watched it in the past. It is just a high level of sport in general. So very much fired up about that. And Fired up for hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience because in 15 minutes, we're going to be joined by Scott Reichel. We're going to go from college to the NBA with him. So we're going to take a look at what we can all expect on the Thursday NBA card, just what he's all looking at in general. They're probably going to talk a little bit of football with him as well along the way. But that said, what we've also got to do is give a big thanks to everyone behind the scenes that always does a great job because the show says the Greg Peterson Experience, but it really takes a team to be able to make the dream work. All of you guys are watching on vcin.com or listening with regards to the iHeartRadio app, what have you. The reason why you're hearing things so well, that is thanks to our good friend Taylor. And I know that we've added a lot of terrestrial radio stations as well. He's the reason why you hear things so well. And all of you guys watching on YouTube TV, what have you, insert your provider here. That is thanks to Nick, does an amazing job as our technical director and all the great guests. The great dissertation that we were able to get on the World Cup list goes on and on. That is thanks to my wonderful producer, Jason. Best team in the business right here. And hopefully we're able to get you the best bets in the business as well as in the final segment as well. For those of you guys that missed my our number one preview of Monday Night Football, I will hit upon what I like there as well. So don't worry if you missed it before, we're going to be hitting it once again. So you guys have a lot of picks and a lot of ways to be able to make money on this Thursday. And how about if we dive into a little bit of college basketball and take a look at the Myrtle Beach Invitational as this is going to be the opening game on the card, 10.30 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Check your tip times the next few days of college basketball because we are going to be getting some early games, including this one. 769, 770 on the board. Colorado and UMass are doing battle with the Minutemen, hoping to last more than a hot minute in this tournament. They're anywhere between a five and a six point underdog. 
Sean's game is anywhere between 146F and 148.5. And something that you're really going to notice with these neutral court games, especially the ones that come onto the board very, very early, these totals are going to move like wildfire, and you're going to find a lot of variance. Like, I was doing this in the last hour. We were taking a look at the Furman versus Penn State game. That totals anywhere between 138.5 and 141. You typically don't find two and a half points of variance in terms of the line. So you're really able to shop around and you're able to make some good money in terms of this. But that said, when it comes to UMass, I felt like they should have been an underdog of about five points. I think that the market is starting to correct itself because Colorado, they entered as a seven-point favorite. I think a lot of the reason why Colorado was such a hefty favorite is that they came out in their last game against Tennessee and they went from losing outright as a underdog of double figures against a sub-250 Kempom team, and they knocked off a top-25 Kempom team in Tennessee a few days later. So, I mean, we have seen the best of Colorado, and we have seen the worst of Colorado. What I think is very important for them is just find their water level, be able to find a little bit of consistency, and I do think that they have found that as you've got a 6'9 Cabo player that I really like in Tristan De Silva. He last year shot right around 38% from three-point range. He's putting in their 10 points per contest. And then you've got KJ Simpson, a former top 100 recruit, has come in and has done a relatively solid job. 17.5 points per contest. He's given good flow to the offense. He's shooting it well from three-point range. But with Massachusetts, they made a big coaching move in the offseason. They bring in Frank Martin from South Carolina. So you've got a lot of South Carolina ties in terms of both the Charleston Classic and the Myrtle Beach Invitational, which is always something that you'd like to see. But with Frank Martin, he's brought in a lot of talent, someone that was ranked as a top, really, 75 recruit a few seasons ago in Rasul Diggins. He comes in from UConn. Going to be interesting to see what he brings to the table. But the guy that is really performing down low for this team is Isaac Conte. Two seasons ago at Hofstra, he was able to average darn near a double-double. You've got Nerf Fernandes. He last season was very good for this team, giving the team right around five and a half assists, 13 points per contest, solid three-point shooter. TJ Weeks for his career has been a good 6-4 combo player that's able to bomb him from three. He's a career about 38% three-point shooter. So you've got weapons upon weapons for UMass, but it's very much a new book team. Meanwhile, for Colorado, they've pretty much got the same guys. They're not necessarily a team that is the transfer portal. They've got less talent, but they've got a little bit more experience. So it's weighing that out. Typically towards the beginning part of the season, I do like to lean a little bit more on leadership, but with Colorado, this is a very Jekyll and Hyde team. You're going to notice that Colorado, over the last few seasons, they are one of the worst against the spread record teams when they are in a road slash neutral court environment. They're a team that you could really trust in Boulder, so that's something that weighs heavily as well. So I've had to sort of weigh out everything and try to come up with a number, and my number was making Colorado a five-point favorite. Right now in a lot of places, I'm still seeing five and a half to six with UMass, so I still like the points. So the boat is starting to get going on this one, and I did set my total at 145 and a half. Colorado's been playing a little bit more up-tempo this season. They've been able to shoot it solidly from three-point range at right around 36.5%. and have not been doing a great job of being able to guard the arc, but with that said, this is also a very early neutral court game. UMass is a team that I think is going to be a little bit reckless with the ball as well, so taking a look at the under, and we'll take north of five with UMass. How about if we go to the next game in terms of the Myrtle Beach Invitational? This is 771-772 on the betting board. It is Murray State playing against Texas A&M. The Aggies have won from a 10.5 point favorite all the way up to between a 12 and 12.5 point favorite. So this game is anywhere between 138 and 139. I don't think that we should have seen the line move that we have. I made Murray State more around an 8.5 point underdog. I know that quite a few people soured on them after the way that they looked against St. Louis to begin the season, but I like Steve Prohm taking over this program. Steve Prohm had a whole lot of success when he was at Murray State the last time around with Iowa State. He had a couple good seasons, but, I mean, for Steve Prohm, he won at least 21 games in all four of his seasons when he was at Murray State the first time around. And I don't think that this is going to be the year in which he has a relatively lean year as he's brought in Rob Perry, the top scorer from Stetson a few seasons ago. He's able to bomb it from three-point range, and then he did a good job I'll be able to hit the transfer portal, bring in some guys from the Ohio Valley Conference, like a Kenny White Jr. White Jr. was able to give the team right around 10.5 points, four boards while he was at Tennessee Tech last season, and able to shoot 40% from three-point range. And someone that I really like because he was able to come on a little bit more towards the back half of the season. At the front half of the season, he was quite a bit of a, shall we say, afterthought with the team. And then t- towards the back half of the season final, 
We're going to call it 22 games of the season he was averaging 12 points per contest, shooting north of 40% from three-point range. Jacoby Wood is someone that two seasons ago, while he was at Belmont as a freshman, was able to give you a double-figure amount of points per game now. The big issue for this team is that you really don't have a lot down low other than DJ turning up Burns, but the guy that you don't want to be sleeping on, that'd be Jamari Smith. He was one of the best players at the D2 level when he was playing at Queens on C last season, a six-foot-eight combo player. Now he's able to shoot it from three-point range, and Texas A&M. They've lost their go-to score from last season in Quentin Jackson. Now, it looks like Wade Taylor might be able to take up that mantle. He's been able to give the team 39 points in the first two games of the season, like what he's able to bring to the table. But that said, Ethan Henderson is someone that they were going to be relying upon a little bit more for depth than anything else. He's able to be a six foot eight body that's able to give you a few rebounds. He's currently away for personal issues. And this is just a Texas A&M team of which the whole is greater than some of its parts. You've got... Guys like Henry Coleman, along with Tyrese Radford, that I see they gave you between five and six rebounds per game. Someone like Hayden Effner has been able to do a solid job, being able to give you eight and a half points per contest. Manny Obaseki is able to do a solid job after he was really like a top 50 recruit. Didn't necessarily blossom as a freshman, but so far, he's been able to look a little bit more solid here in his sophomore campaign. Needs to work on his shooting as shot only about 24.5% from three-point range last season, but... In terms of this Texas A&M team, the big thing is they don't necessarily have that one go-to guy. And with Texas A&M, they just play at a strange tempo. And because they don't have that go-to guy, they sometimes get out. Then they're a little bit too reckless with the ball through their first two games of the season. 33 turnovers now. One caveat with that is that one of those games came against Abilene Christian, a team that they just feast on turnovers. Now they themselves have been able to do an amazing job of being able to generate those turnovers as well. But Texas A&M, I think that they're going to see regression in terms of their three-point shooting first two games of the season. 18 of 42 from three-point range. I do not think that that is going to be lasting. Steve Prohm is able to do a solid job of coaching defense, has always shown the ability to do so, whether that be at Iowa State or at Murray State. So I do think that that lends itself to Texas A&M not being able to cover this double-digit line. I set the line at 8.5. I'm going to be willing to take the points with Murray State, and I do think that we're in for a a little bit of a lower scoring slobber knocker in a, new, in a neutral court environment. Set my total at 133.5, so I'm going to be diving under. And then this will be the third game of the uh, Invitational that we're going to be seeing for this Thursday. This is six or 773, 774. It is Charlotte. They are going to be playing against Boise State. Boise State opened up as a 5.5 point favorite, and this is a line that's starting to shoot down a little bit. We're seeing this more around. The neighbor at about four. I'm still seeing a straight five and a half, but mostly four to four and a half in the market. And the total on this game is anywhere between 132 and a half. And I'm still seeing a number as high as 135 out there, but that was the opening number. And this thing has come crashing down. And if you get down any lower, you might have a little bit of value with the over. So my total at 131 and a half. Boise State hangs their head on offense or hangs their head on defense. They play relatively slow, but you do have Tyson Dagenart who's a six foot eight combo player. He's able to do a solid job from three-point range. And Max Rice, all of a sudden, has been able to get the team 36 points first two games of the season. And for Charlotte, they've got a nice six foot eight combo player in Robert Prizewell. That last season shot 40% from three-point range. They have to replace Jameer Young, but that said, they bring in a lot of guys that have been able to do a good job, like this kid in third gill. He's been able to come in, be able to give the team 15 points per contest. Montre Gibson, who was the top scorer at Tarleton State, He's able to give this team a little bit of explosiveness as well. Charlotte playing relatively closer home state. Boise and uh, flying their fans from Ido. That's a little bit tough for them. I'm willing to take a position here on Charlotte. Felt like they should have been more like a two and a half point underdog. Still like the under here, but starting to get it crashed down a little bit too much. And we're going to be crashing in on some NBA plays next as Scott Reichel of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is going to be joining me next right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. The college basketball season has started. Now is the time to get your copy of our annual guide at 400 pages. It is our biggest guide ever with odds, trends, power rankings, and analysis on every single team. Our our experts, including myself, Greg Peterson, Matt Humans, Tim Murray, Adam Burke, John Von Tobel, you're able to go down the line, Wes Reynolds. We all provide our thoughts on conference champions, tournament teams, win totals, futures, breakdown. All the 60 coaching changes made since last season, and the only way to be able to get the guide is by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up for just $79 and get VEASAN Pro access to everything that we do all the way through the Super Bowl, and you're able to sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Scott Reichel. Does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network and does their main NBA podcast as well. And Scott, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yep, happy to be back. Looking forward to going through some games. Absolutely. And before we dive into the games that we're going to be seeing on Thursday, we're now at about the one month mark of the season. And has there been a team or two that has stood out to you in terms of either a really, really good early season surprise or, well, a team that you had high expectations for and they have completely flopped to this point? Well, I feel like you're asking me the latter because of what just happened in the (laughs) Golden State Phoenix game. So I'm going to read between the lines and assume that the Warriors are on a short list there, lost again on the road. Who would have thought? So, you know, another loss there. But I do think the team that surprised the most people, the ship might have sailed on Utah, so I'm not going to say them. I'm going to go with the team that I was actually a bit wrong on before the season. I like this Portland team. I think Portland's actually pretty good. And I had some questions about them last year, mostly with the injuries and if Chauncey Billups could actually coach. They got Jeremy Grant in there, who's blended quite well. Lillard missed some time. Didn't really matter. They still won games anyway. Simons has been good. Nurkic has missed time as well. Nobody's really noticed. And Gary Payton II was one of their main offseason additions besides Jeremy Grant. And Payton hasn't played yet. And yet Portland is still playing very good basketball. I know that's kind of going to segue us into potentially a game we're going to talk about for Thursday. But Portland's been one of the bigger surprises for me. It just seems like this team has really kind of clicked despite not having all its pieces for every game. And I feel like the Trailblazers are definitely a team to keep an eye moving on, an eye on moving forward. They're good straight up. They're good against the number. They've been undervalued all season long. And I'm curious how much longer they're going to be undervalued because, spoiler alert, they might be a bit undervalued on Thursday. Yep. Hey, let's look at a game that we're going to be finding for Thursday. It is the Nets against the Portland Trailblazers. And I'll say this, since Kyrie has been suspended, 
it's been a Nets team that has been able to provide a little bit more promise, and they just look like they're playing harder in general. That game against the Lakers, that was not too terrific, but that said, the Nets, they've been showing a little bit more fight, but now they're a one-and-a-half-point underdog. This is a tough road trip as they have to go out there to Portland, so this is literally coast-to-coast as much as it gets. Where do you stand on this game? Do you think that Portland provides value on Thursday? I'm going to take Portland in this spot. Uh, Kyrie's still going to be out for this one. The Nets have had issues scoring without him. Defensively, they were pretty good initially without Kyrie or Steve Nash, however you want to look at it. Then they gave up 153 to Sacramento on national TV the other day. So I'm not exactly sold on their current form. The Trailblazers, though, have won four of their last five games by at least three points. They've been looking comfortable. Uh, Jeremy Grant and Norkic were in the lineup last game, so it does seem like they're relatively healthy. But I'm just looking at the Nets, and I know KD allegedly said some things to the press yesterday. Then again, with the whole blue checkmark stuff on Twitter, I don't actually know what was said and what wasn't said anymore. That's a whole separate can of worms. <laughs> but it does seem like the Nets have a lot of distractions they're dealing with, and the overall roster, the Simmons experiment has really not worked out this season. But Portland has a lot of guys that can get you a bucket. I'm not sure how many guys the Nets actually have. Of course, you have Durant. Seth Curry's been in and out of the lineup. Sumner's been a pleasant surprise, but you're relying on Edmund Sumner to play very well. It just seems like the Nets really don't have much of a supporting cast, and Portland does. I like Portland at home. The Nets have really struggled on this road trip ever since they beat the Clippers. I think it's a very short number. I think it's too short. I'm going to take the Trailblazers. Yep, and Cam Thomas is actually someone I've liked in a few more minutes for the Nets, but once again... You're relying upon Cam Thomas to be able to do good things for you, and that's a little bit of a roll of the dice. How about if we take a look at the San Antonio Spurs team that they didn't start out the year bad, hasn't been going well for them recently, and they're going up against the Kings team that you just mentioned it. They scored 153 points against the Nets a few days ago. Are they going to be able to keep things going? Because right now we're finding their total at 238, and I do think that these higher totals that we're seeing with the Kings, they're very warranted with what they have done recently. Yeah, I like the Kings in this spot. They were one of the teams that I actually liked going into the season. And after a bit of a slow start, they kind of picked it up. They've won each of their last four. San Antonio's fallen off a cliff. They had a very nice story. Then they lost seven of their last eight. And defensively, they're one of the worst teams in the league. They're allowing the most points per game in the league. And San Antonio on the road has been even worse lately. The Spurs have lost each of their last four road games by at least seven points. But it seems like, based on what the numbers have suggested for the Kings, They've been undervalued for the past week and change. And once again, they were laying roughly two, two and a half against the Nets. And they were up 29 halfway through the game and they won the game comfortably. I think the Kings are just a good basketball team. They have a lot of scoring depth. It seems like they're really gelling well under new coach Mike Brown. And the Spurs, we knew during the offseason, Popovich basically told everybody, don't bet on this team to win the title. Uh, you know, you read between the lines, it means this team wasn't supposed to be very good, not to mention the win total being the lowest in the entire league. The Spurs aren't a good basketball team. I think the Kings are actually pretty good, so I think the Kings should look pretty comfortable here once again. They just have too many weapons. I think the firepower is going to be too much for San Antonio to match. And then the other game that we're seeing for Thursday is the Pistons and the Clippers, with Clippers being a nine-point favorite. And I didn't get why so many people are so high on the Clippers because of what we're seeing right now, all sorts of injury issues. Kawhi Leonard has played in two games this season. You just never know when he's going to be able to be out there on the court. Paul George has been a little bit banged up in recent years as well. The depth with Clippers, I feel like it was a little bit overrated coming into the season as well. This is a Pistons team that is in transition, to say the least, with a bunch of young guys. Any sort of position on this game? I do think that if I'm looking at this game, it would be potentially on the Clippers team total under. I know the Pistons are a bad team. I'm shocked Dwayne Casey's still the coach. I'm sure he won't be for that much longer. But either way, the Clippers have really been good to the unders for their team totals. The issue is the pace. They're one of the slowest teams in the league. And as you said before, Kwai's barely played. He has not played since basically the second or third game of the season. And offensively, they really have had a couple of players underachieve, most notably Norman Powell and Reggie Jackson. Jackson's been brutal. I know John Wall's been in and out of the lineup to kind of, you know, help complement Jackson or give it at least some minutes off for Jackson. But if Wall's not in the lineup and Jackson has to play, he's really been a disaster so far this season. But Paul George has also been kind of hit or miss in some games, and it just seems like there's really no actual flow to the Clippers' offense, especially late in games. We saw them against the Mavericks, and they ended up losing that close game. That game was a rock fight for about three quarters before they put up 70 combined in the fourth, and the game still went under. 
But the Clippers play at a very slow pace, and they're really not that efficient offensively. I would look towards an under in that game. They're also a good defensive team. Detroit without Cade has been kind of a mess offensively. I'm looking at the total. I'd look at the under. And just in terms of the league outlook, I know that you were mentioning that the Warriors are quite a bit of a disappointment right now. And I mean, if the season were to end today, they would not be in the playing tournament. Fortunately, it is currently mid-November. This is not something where it's like March at this point or anything like that. But just in terms of the league outlook, when is it that you start to be a little bit alarmed by some of these slow starts by a team like the Golden State Warriors? It's not like it's cataclysmically bad, but the Miami Heat are below 500. The 76ers are sitting there right around 7-7. Seven and seven. When it comes to these hot starts slash slow starts, when do you think that you can make a little bit more out of it? Is it right now, or is it maybe a little bit further down the line? It's going to be a cop-out answer, but I think each individual team's a case study. Like Philadelphia, I think you have an alibi. James Harden's hurt and you're paying them a bunch of money. That makes sense. If you want to talk about Golden State, you could say that it's a concern, but since they have so much overall chemistry in the past and how many titles they have, you kind of just assume they're going to right the ship at some point. One team I'm really concerned about is Minnesota because I hated the Gobert trade during the offseason. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst trades ever made in the history of the sport, and it's aging extremely poorly, and we're basically not even a quarter of the way through the season. They really aren't functioning properly with their usual starting five. Towns and Gobert haven't really existed well. D'Angelo Russell's been terrible. It seems like Anthony Edwards kind of picks his spots when he should be super aggressive and when he's more passive. If you want to talk about a team that I'm really concerned about early on, it is Minnesota because of how badly they just shook up the entire roster. That was pretty good last year. They should have beaten the Grizzlies in the first round last year. And they just rocked the boat for really no reason in my eyes. I think the Timberwolves are a serious red flag team. Miami's interesting because they're a good team, but they're also aging. And Lowry's had injury issues. We know Butler gets injured every year, and he hasn't been hurt yet. Hero did not play yesterday against Toronto. And it seems like they're really struggling to put teams away, even at home this season. And usually that's the bread and butter. So I think Miami has some concerns. Golden State, I think, is going to need to trade some people. Maybe some of the younger guys get a veteran presence in there. But the two teams that I'm concerned with right now, mostly Minnesota. I think Minnesota has a serious issue. And Miami as well, not including the Nets and the Lakers because they're a whole separate can of worms. And to your point with Minnesota, currently 24th in the league in three-point shooting percent. That is not going to cut it. But what is going to cut it is previewing some Thursday night football and what we're all going to be getting on a jam-packed weekend of NFL and college football with Scott Reichel on the flip side right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Make game day just a little bit more chill with some extra cash. Play for free during the college football season with the Coors Light College Football Pick'em. Join 15 free to play pools for your shot at $5,000 in weekly cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Coors Light Pick'em now to join in on the action. Coors Light, perfect shot of refreshment. 21 years or older terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details and per usual, please do drink responsibly. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and the Sports Betting Network and being rejoined by Scott Reichel does a great job over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And Scott, we're going to be taking a look at a little NFL and college here, but let's take a look at the main game that is going to be going on for Thursday. That is Titans and Packers. Titans in a lot of spots are up to a three and a half point underdog. It's about a 50-50 split between the Packers being a three-point favorite to a three and a half point favorite. And total on this game is 41 across the board. I just don't get the disrespect that we keep seeing for the Titans. They've allowed more than 22 points in one game this season for the Green Bay Packers. I'm not even going to say that they had a good game last week. They had a good fourth quarter slash overtime, and now all of a sudden people are buying back in once again. I think that this is overreactionary. I don't know if I want Tennessee on the money line, but especially with this going to north of a field goal, I'm going to be taking a look at the points with the Titans. Yeah, we talked about this off the air briefly. I agree with you, and I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game, points at a premium, so I am kind of automatically leaning to the team with the better defense, which is Tennessee. Now, the only concern there is about the pass defense, which I'll talk about in a second with a player prop, but Tennessee's really bad against the pass. They're really good against the run, and Green Bay's success against the Cowboys was a result of balance and mostly the ability to dominate at the line of scrimmage. 
I don't think they'll be as fortunate on Thursday. Let's put it that way. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I, I know that you said that you've got a little bit of a player prop you're looking at. I'll give out mine right now, and then you'll give out yours because I think we're both on a pair of overs, even though we like this total to go under. I think part of the reason why I like this total to go under is because it's just going to be played in a pile of dust. And I like Derrick Henry over 21 rushes. I think that the Titans are just going to pound the ball. They're going to look to Derrick Henry to just pick up five yards of carry, just keep moving the ball that way, make this game very, very grimy, make this game played in the trenches. I like that over. And I know you've got an over on a player prop that you'd like as well. Yeah, so I'm going to go to the uh, Green Bay receiving core, and it's not going to be the flavor of the week there with Watson. I'm going to go back to all reliable. I'm going to take Allen Lazard over 47 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. I feel like this number is just insanely low based on the fact that Tennessee is allowing the second most passing yards per game in the league, and Lazard has had at least 55 receiving yards in three of the last four games. Went under last week, but he did have Diggs following him all over the field, and Diggs is one of the better corners in the league. Tennessee secondary is an absolute mess. They're also missing a bunch of people in the secondary, including their starting safety, who's not going to be playing in this game. But even with Lazard's mediocre performance, he did play 98% of the offensive snaps last week. He's the most important receiver on the team. And yes, there is some wind involved, and it's going to be cold. We know Rodgers has been in Green Bay for 10-plus years. I'm sure, he'll, I'm sure he'll manage, and I do think that Lazard is capable of really being a nice security blanket for Rodgers in this game. Tennessee is very good against the run, so I do think they might be able to force Green Bay into throwing it a bit more than maybe Green Bay wants to. But Lazard at 47.5 for a number one wide receiver against the or the second worst pass defense in the league based on passing yards per game, I think that number is criminally low. I'm going to take the over on Lazard. Yep, I don't blame you there. And then when it comes to Thursday Night Football, we seem to be leaning a little bit more towards the underdog there. But I know you've got a little bit of a favorite that you're looking at on Sunday. That would be the Bengals and the Steelers. Steelers are finding themselves as a four-point underdog. I think that your reasoning for this might be similar to mine. I just can't bet on Kenny Pickett right now. I don't know if you've got a more elegant way of putting it. But that said, I don't hate on what you're putting out here on this one. Yeah, I've seen some early money on Pittsburgh. It ended up dropping the spread from four to three and a half. So I'm going to take the three and a half here with Cincinnati. Pittsburgh won the first meeting, which I'm sure is why the line has dipped a little bit. It was a little bit fluky. Let's put it that way. Uh, So fluky that Pittsburgh only had 267 yards of offense and they won the turnover battle five to nothing. Yet they still went to overtime because they blocked an extra point. In, at the buzzer and then ended up winning the game anyway in overtime after a couple of missed field goals. But the Bengals enter this game off the bye, and I do tend to side with teams that have extra prep time, especially in division games. And Cincinnati, I assume if they would have won the game in week one, the spread would probably not be a three and a half. But you alluded to it. You have Kenny Pickett at quarterback. They beat the Saints last week. I guess they're tanking because they put Dalton back there, even though they traded their first round pick. So I don't really know what New Orleans is doing, but their offense is completely broken. So I'm not going to overreact to what happened last week. But the Steelers have scored less than 21 points in regulation in every game this season. They can't score. And yes, I know Jamar Chase is still hurt. They still have Higgins. They still have a lot of weapons. Mixon could potentially go for a couple touchdowns. We'll see what happens. But I do like Burrow a lot more than Pickett. And even that's an understatement. He's significantly better than Pickett probably will ever be. But I think the Bengals off the bye have a lot of value here. I'm going to take the minus three and a half to get some revenge. Yeah, Pickett has been living up to his name as a lot of guys have been picking it thus far this season. So we've got to give him credit where credit is due for staying true to that. And let's take a look at a little bit of college football as well, because with regards to the college game, we've got a very interesting slate this weekend. This is one that stands out to me. Two teams that are going in. Opposite direction. Syracuse actually had a very nice start to the season, but it has went down the toilet bowl for them. Wake Forest, they had that memorable six turnovers in a quarter game against Louisville. Since then, they've been able to right the ship a little bit more. And for Wake Forest, they are a 10-point favorite. You looking at Wake Forest, who's been on a little bit of better recent form, or is this perhaps a little bit of a rebound spot for Syracuse? Yeah, I'm looking at Wake Forest. Both teams are on a losing streak, but Wake Forest almost beat North Carolina, and North Carolina is going to be playing in the conference title game. That was really a nail-biter. They could have won that game. But Syracuse, as you said before, has fallen off a cliff. And this team overachieved to start the year under Dino Babers, but it's been really, really bad. Each of the last three losses they've had have been by 10-plus points. They've lost four in a row, 
And even Schrader, their starting quarterback, played last week. So they didn't even have that excuse. And Florida State buried them. I believe Syracuse had five first downs in the entire game before the final drive. And it was a home game. That was senior night. They got destroyed. Now Wake Forest has its senior night. But Syracuse, at this point, I don't even know how you can consider backing the orange in the spot. Syracuse has, has scored less than 10 points in each of the last two games. And even though Hartman's had some turnover issues, I still love the weapons on this team. I still think he's a much better quarterback than Trader right now. who might be battling an injury or two. We'll see. But senior night for Wake Forest after an, a heartbreaking loss to a ranked team in their conference, I think it's a nice get-right spot. It's mostly a blind fate of Syracuse, though. If you're going to give me a number south of 10, I'm going to take it because Wake Forest is significantly better than Syracuse right now, and it's really not even close. Yeah, Syracuse has just went completely down the toilet bowl this year. It has been remarkable to take a look at. And speaking of going down the toilet bowl, this number is going down the toilet bowl in terms of the total as we've got Wisconsin versus Nebraska. Scott, I know that you're a Wisconsin graduate. We, we both graduated from the UW system. Good old UW Oshkosh representing right here. But that said, with Wisconsin, most places I'm finding them as an 11 after a 12-point favorite here at circa they're at a 10 so if you're looking for a good number on wisconsin you certainly want to be going to circa and shopping around for the best of the number but john's game is anywhere between 39 and 39 and a half do you have any sort of play in this one no big deal if you do not but i do think that's a very fascinating game with a hilarious low, low total i think it's fascinating i think i'm gonna lean to nebraska i really just don't feel like taking wisconsin when i'm not really sure what they're playing for anymore they had the very big, important game because Illinois lost earlier that day last week. So they had a hypothetical shot of maybe pulling out a miracle draw to make it to the conference title game. Then they lost to Iowa, and now I don't know what they're even playing for at this point. Now, Nebraska's not playing for much either besides pride, but at least they're at home. I'm not laying 11.5 with a total of 39. On the bright side, there is a lower total in the Big Ten. So this game might actually seem like a track meet compared to the game in Iowa. Or the game in Minnesota, I should say. But Let's that's a whole separate story. How about if we go into that one? Because, I mean, that is just absolutely hilarious how low of some of these totals that we were finding. Because, I mean, that Wisconsin versus Iowa game, boy, that was relatively bad. But that said, 32 and a half is the total between Iowa versus Minnesota, with Minnesota being a two and a half point favorite. Any sort of a side on this one? Because, I mean, with Iowa. It's a low total. You could get there almost on accident with regards to the over, but Iowa seems to be allergic to points right now. Yeah, it does, but then they always find a way to score a random defensive or special teams touchdown. But either way, I think at that point, I kind of have to lean to the over in this one. It's ugly. You're not going to have a good time. I'd recommend watching something else no matter what. But 32 and a half when you have a non-serious weather event and you also don't have two service academies going at it, don't you kind of have to blindly take the over and just hope that Ibrahim goes nuts? Yeah, kinda. I'm right there with you. It's just, it's gotten so low that it's like you could trip and fall and get your way to 35 points in this game. So It's historic. I mean, you can't avoid it, can you? It's history. I'm right there with you, and it's always historic when we get you on, Scott. Always do appreciate the time. You do great work over at Sport, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. Always great to have Scott aboard. And in the final segment, just going to give you guys what I like on the board for Thursday, give you guys some Thursday night football and some college basketball in the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience next here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook as it is getting that time for the World Cup. They've got you covered with the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Bet Rivers is your go to for all soccer related content. Check out Bet Rivers' special World Cup promotions like World Cup futures, insurance bets, and World Cup daily bet plus gets. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is calling all soccer fans to head on over to betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app to get in on all the Max J action as it is a whole new game. We are back here on the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And a little bit of a programming note, if you are listening live to the Greg Peterson Experience, you are going to be getting a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience. And if you are listening to a replay, well, coming up next, it is going to be Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard at 4 a.m. Pacific Time, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Big thanks to Scott Reichel for joining me in the last segment as well. So... Now we've got to give you guys what I all like on the board for this college basketball and this NFL Thursday. We're going to be starting out with college basketball since I've got my DK Nation right up there. And then from there, we are going to be diving into a little bit of Thursday night football. I've added a prop or two for you guys as well. So if you missed it the first time around, well, you're getting a little bit of a bonus. But we're going to be starting with college basketball, my DK Nation right up. We're going to be going from the sides, which I've been doing a lot this season, and we're going to be going with a total in this one. This is the Cal Baptist versus Washington game, one of the top games on the normal Las Vegas betting board as it is Washington finding themselves now around an 8 to an 8.5 point favorite. They open up at a 9.5 point favorite. We've seen this move market-wide, 759, 760 on the betting board, by the way. And your total on this game, we're finding it at anywhere between a 132 and a 132.5 and. I do think that this is a little bit too low of a total. I think that a lot of people are act- reacting to Noah Williams along with Keon Brooks being out due to injury. These two guys have missed each of the last two games, but even with those two guys uh, the full due to injury, they've been able to do a very solid job of overcoming that as it's a bunch that has been able to put up 75 points in both of those games. So I do think that they are going to be fine with that respect and you do take a look at the flip side of what you're getting out of Cal Baptist, a team that has been playing relatively slowly thus far this season. But if you go into the history of Cal Baptist, they are a team that they're willing to crank up the tempo a little bit more. And they've got a guy that I really like in Taron Armstrong. Armstrong thus far this season has been able to give the team right around 12 and a half points, a little bit over five and a half rebounds at five and a half assists per contest. So he's been able to do a nice job of being a substitute sufferer, can go off for a triple double on any given night for you for Washington. You've got guys that are able to bomb it from three-point range. Jamal Bay, two seasons ago, shot over 40% from three-point range. Overall, it's a Washington team that they've been able to shoot a little bit over 40% from three-point range. Do I think that there's going to be a tad bit of regression with that? Absolutely. But at the same time, they're showing that they're a team that they're able to shoot it a little bit better from the outside than a lot of people are giving them credit for. And Keon Menefield, who has come in as a freshman, he's looked very good for this team. 49 points, first three games of the season. So I'm like a Cole Bajima, six foot seven combo player. He's come in and he's been able to do a solid job. He's hitting a few threes. He's doing a nice job of being able to pull in there some boards. So I like what I'm seeing there. And for Cal Baptist, thus far this season, they've been a little bit cold from distance, but I do think that they're going to heat up in this game. Shooting overall for the season, 27.5% from three-point range, but among their top eight scores. 
Four of them are guys that, within the last two seasons, had a season in which they shot at least 37% from three-point range. Joe Kitana, in my opinion, one of the better sharpshooters in all of college basketball, comes in from Loyola Marymount, where he shot over 90% of the free throw line and 40% from three-point range last season. You've got Reed Nottage, who two seasons ago shot 42% from three-point range. Blondo Chiquinho, while he was at New Hampshire, shot over 40% from distance. And then Trey Armstrong. He actually shot 93% at the free throw line as freshman two seasons ago. He was able to bury about 37.5% of his three. So got a lot of guys that are able to light up the scoreboard. And I do think that Washington is starting to get a little bit of value because I felt like a nine and a half. You had a good take point with Cal Baptist. A Cal Baptist team that they bring in someone like a Hunter Goodrick who's able to give you a little bit of something down low with seven and a half points, seven rebounds per contest at South Dakota last season. Then you bring in Timmy Ogahove. He comes in from Georgetown after he was really a designated rebounder. He only gave the team right around three points, but right in the neighborhood about six to seven rebounds per contest. But that said, I made my handicap on Washington an eight-point favorite. So once again, nine and a half I saw value. Now we're seeing this get down to eight. If you cross through eight, all of a sudden you've got value here on Washington, in my opinion. So I'm waiting to see how this one moves. If you get down below that eight, I'm going to be willing to lay it with Washington. If you get back up to the opener, like we were seeing, like right around nine and a half, nine, then I think you've got a good buy point with Cal Baptist. That said, what I really like in terms of this game and what I've got the DK Nation right up on, it is a total, and I do like it over. Now let's go to Monday Night Football. You've got the Titans and the Green Bay Packers out there in historic Lambeau Field. Most places are going to a three and a half now. We saw this at three throughout much of the week. Heck, we saw this at a two and a half to begin the week. Now we've gone to three and three and a half. And your total, it is pretty much across the board, a 41. I mentioned some of the player props a little bit earlier, but I will first things first, talk to you about the two player props I added. It's not going to be great weather out there in the wonderful state of Wisconsin. I've actually got the Wisconsin weather app, the location on my phone, because I am someone that grew up 45 minutes away from Lambeau Field, so typically I know a little bit of the lay of the land. Looks like it's not going to be such a savory day outside. So you're seeing the passing prop of Aaron Rodgers is attempts prop at 33.5 under. We saw what the Green Bay Packers were able to do last week. They finally ran the ball with... Aaron Jones, along with A.J. Dillon. And if you're looking for a little bit of an over, I've not fired in on these. I'd want to gauge who might be getting a little bit more run because you're sort of noticing a little bit of divide in terms of the rushing prop market because Aaron Jones, his rushing prop total is at 57.5 in terms of the rush yards, and you're finding A.J. Dillon at 33.5. It could be a spot in which you take a look at both over. I'm trying to identify which guy might be getting a little bit more run in this game, but I don't think that those are bad looks at all. I actually took Aaron Rodgers over. This is hilariously low. Two and a half rush yards. So I pretty much need Aaron Rodgers to give any sort of a scramble whatsoever. And I do think that with the conditions being what they are, there is a good chance of being able to have that. So I'm going to be taking a look at Aaron Rodgers over his rushing prop. But that said, I think that there's a good chance that the Titans are able to win this game outright. Just such a lack of respect for the Saints team. The Titans, they do nothing but win. And this is a team that a lot of people are talking about. Oh, they've been playing a bunch of close games all season long. They probably shouldn't have the record that they do. Just think if they would have made that field goal week number one against the Giants, we'd be talking about a 7-2 and two Titans team. Now, is Ryan Tannehill going to be bombing the ball down the field a lot? Heck no. That is why I do like Derrick Henry to go over his total rushes prop. I don't want him to go over 100 rushing yards just because that is asking quite a bit, but... I think that the Titans, they're going to be looking to run the ball, and I think that they're going to be making this game a methodically slow one. His rushing prop in terms of just the total times that he is going to run the ball. So rush attempts, it's at 21.5. I like that total over. And with the Tennessee Titans, this team has given up 22 points or fewer in all but one of their games thus far this season. That game came against the Buffalo Bills, and I think that they're going to stifle Aaron Rodgers. We're all overreacting to what Aaron Rodgers did in the fourth quarter against the Dallas Cowboys. It was a very good quarter. He looked very solid. Let's see a little bit more before we say that the Green Bay Packers are back, are going to run the table. You're able to go down the list of your overreactions here. The Tennessee Titans, I mean, let's call it what it is. It has been a very, very sad team in terms of throwing the ball. But with the Tennessee Titans as well, they've been able to do a good job getting nine interceptions in nine games. 
I don't really want Aaron Rodgers to throw an interception at plus money in this game. That's typically been a market that I've been taking a look at a little bit. The reason why I don't is that Aaron Rodgers just does such a great job of avoiding interceptions. He'll throw the ball away. He'll get like a dump off for like two to three yards. So I'm not going to be taking a look at him to throw an interception, but this Tennessee Titans team deserves a little bit more love than they're getting in terms of just the way that they have been putting quarterbacks under duress. You've got so many guys that are able to do a good job on this defense. You've got someone like a Rashad Weaver who's been able to give you five and a half sacks. Now, Jeffrey Simmons is questionable for this game. He's been a little bit banged up. He's one of the guys that has been able to give the same five and a half sacks. He was missing last week, so you do want to be taking note of that. It is a Titans team that is a little bit banged up in general, but that said, you've been able to get some good production out of someone like a Denico Oturi, who's been able to give you seven sacks thus far this season. So, I mean, you've got a lot of guys that they do a good job putting the Packers under duress. You have a deal with injuries all season long along this offensive line of the Green Bay Packers, guys like David Pakhtiari and company, and if Pakhtiari plays, probably not going to be 100%. Short week for the Packers who are banged up on the line. Short week for the Titans, who are a little bit banged up with regards to their defense, but that defense was still rock solid against, albeit a guy, Nathaniel Hackett, that I have no idea how he ever got a coaching job, and that's a discussion for another day. But that said, I think that this is going to be a yucky, just grimy game, and I do think that the Titans have a good chance to be able to claw it out, getting three and a half with a team that I think legitimately has a good chance to be able to win this game. I'm going to take those points with the Titans. I like this total under, and I also do like the props I mentioned a little bit earlier. And let's go to the pro tip for our number three, vcin.com slash subscribe for all of these. It's now non-conference tournament time in college basketball. When it comes to a lot of these lines, when it comes to back-to-backs like day two of the Charleston Classic, what have you, these lines are going to be posted very early in the a.m. Set your alarm because they typically come up right around like 4 to 5 a.m. Pacific time. And speaking of 4 a.m. Pacific time, that's when you're going to find Follow the Money with Mitch Moss, Paul Howard, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. Check out the VSIN store for the latest and greatest in sports betting fashion. We have more than 40 shirt designs, including our most popular one. Cash and tickets is what it's all about. You'll find VEASAN shirts and hats for any occasion. And they're all made to order, so you can find the right design, so you can find the right design, so you can find the right design, so you can find the At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.